What's happening, everybody? Nick Saban retired. You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. Chris Gordy here with you. Pleasure to have you guys along. Thank you for making us your first listen every day. Today's episode brought to you by the Game Time app. Uh, download the Game Time app, create an account, use our code Locked On for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Oh my goodness! The college football world, the sports world in general, shaken on Wednesday, January tenth, two thousand twenty-four. As the news breaks, I forget who had it first, Chris Lowe or whoever, but uh, Nick Saban is retiring. Nobody better to get on to talk about this than lifelong Alabama fan, our buddy Chris Marler from the Saturday Football Uncensored podcast. You know him as Vern Funquist on Twitter. Uh, Also know him as the guy who talks massive trash to Georgia fans and Tennessee fans and tons of folks on Twitter. Marler. I mean, when it comes, it's all. I still almost don't want to believe it. I almost want to believe Chris Lowe was hacked, but obviously, yeah. it's, it's been verified. But my goodness, it's. I it, we knew this day would come. I just didn't think it was coming this soon. Yes and no. I, I think that if you talk to anybody, well, I mean, how do I start this? I mean, it's sad. I, I keep trying to say that it's not sad. I keep trying to convince myself that I'm not sad, but I am, and I think that any Alabama fan is sad probably today because this is you've been on the best run in the history of college football with the greatest coach in the history of sports. And it's, you know, it's been an incredible ride. Um, I think you're sad for a number of reasons that aren't just uh, about football. I think you're sad because of like kind of the, what, what he meant to the university of Alabama. I'm, I'm one of those people that, that grew up in the nineties. So like the first season I ever witnessed was 1990. I'm very old, obviously. Um, I was around for the 92 season, but I was also around for all the mics and the down years and all that kind of stuff. And watching Saban kind of bring all that back and the tradition and, and, and the, the meaningfulness, I think, of the program, it's been a lot of fun. Um, it's been, I think this has been, if, you, if you're being honest with yourself or if you've talked to anybody behind the scenes, I think this was kind of in play over a year ago. I think that the, the word from around the program was the plan – going into last season was if they won it all last year in 2022, I think that Nick Saban would have absolutely retired. I think that is a thousand percent what would have happened. Um, They didn't. I think there was a lot of, you know, um, unsettled and un um, resolved and unfinished business. I think from him going into this year, I think this is, I I think this was the plan all along. And there's, and then you look at back now and you kind of see like, about the house in Florida, some of like the the ideas, like the wheels that have been turning, all that kind of stuff. You know, I, I think from behind the scenes, if you've talked about about it, like the rumblings about this started happening back in October, um, and 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 so you you knew it was inevitable at some point. But then just watching the way the way he kind of felt, what's what I'm looking for, like refreshed, yeah, coaching this team, and it was like he had this new lease on life, and and like like he he. I think that as frustrating and flawed as this team was, it brought back so much joy from coaching in him. And, and somehow in a weird way, 
the added stress to what he had to do from his job standpoint kind of took away from the stress because it wasn't like he's like, man, we got we got this, we can mold this whole thing into whatever we want and all these things. I think that that kind of made me think that you know maybe maybe once uh, maybe once it gets to January, no matter if they if they won or not, I think you know maybe he sticks around for another year and. Even knowing it was probably coming, it was still surreal to see it happen and unfold today. It's crazy, Marler. Uh, you know, reading the article, um, you know, seventy-two years old. And when I read the the line, he just completed his seventeenth season at Alabama. I said, "That's not right." And yeah. then I was like, "No, it has been. It does not feel." I mean, you know, I was in school when 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 you know he went to Alabama. Um, you know, remembered his years at, at LSU. I'll tell a story in a second how I almost ran him over once um but it's crazy how how quickly time flew by flies by and uh look he's accomplished almost everything you can in the sport yeah. i mean you know what what you just chase an all-time wins list now if you just, if you keep coaching i mean right you know you, you've, you've done everything you can but i i gotta think a lot of this i did our uh, interview earlier today Marlo, i gotta think a lot of this has to do with the changing landscape of college football with nil with having to re-recruit your roster every offseason. And he has mm-hmm. got all the resources in the world. He was doing a fantastic job with it. But, man, at 72, that's got to take its toll, right? I think that one of the things that stood out to me the most was 2021, there was a game against LSU where it was a night game. Remember this? is like Coach Orgeron's last game. <laughs> he was like like doing all that to the crowd yeah. and that kind of stuff. And I remember it was a late, late game, late start. And Saban was talking about, he's like how he's getting older. And he's like, you know, so there's some things that are different now. Like some things like when you have a late start the night before, you got to come back the next morning and, you know, you, you might need some some coffee uh, or, or like a later start in the day when you start rewatching tape. You don't just get back up the next morning at 5 a.m. and start watching tape. He's like, you sleep in a little bit. It was the first, my dog is just very upset that there's no water over here, which is perfect timing. Um, but Pepper... So it's like, I think that he, he kind of showed his age for the first time there where it was like, like, cause before that he hadn't alluded to anything, he hadn't alluded to anything. Right. Um, I think that like, there was a lot of people that came out with this idea that he couldn't, he couldn't stay into this whole, in this day and age, like he didn't want to be around for NIL. He didn't want to be around to see players get paid. I don't think he ever had a problem with players getting paid at any point of his tenure. That's all I'll say. <laughs> so, like, I don't think that was ever going to be a situation that was going to drive him out of out of this business. I do think that this is something with the, this day and age of college football, where it's like it is a little bit more of a younger man's game. When it's like, you, as you put it, you have to re you have to recruit him out of high school. Then you have to recruit him once they get to school. Then you have to re recruit your roster at the end of the season. And all the while, I think what this guy wants to do more than anything is he wants to go out and win championships. Like he wants to go out and win. He wants to coach these people up, get them to the NFL. And for the longest time, that was the whole game. That was the whole game. Get them on campus, coach them up, get them to the NFL, win championships while they're here. And that's a hell of a job. And now you're adding all this extra stuff into it where I think if you're saving, you're like, do I really need all this extra stress on top of on top of the fact that it's like, you know what? I'm 72. It would be nice to just go sit out the lake and go hang out with my grandkids and go enjoy the rest of this life. And I think, too, a part of it is it's, it was never going to be a time for Bama fans that it was going to be a good time. It's always going to be a time where it's like, wow, who do we get next? Like, what is happening? You know, this sucks. Like, you're, it's the end of an era. But I, I will say that as from a sentimental standpoint, and I'll be emotional about this as possible, um, knowing knowing Kristen and and knowing, like, James and all that kind of stuff, like, her, her son James, like, having, like, a, 
a granddad and, and her brother having having kids now. And I think that Pepper's just ruining this moment so much. We can't. We, um, can't, we can't hear her. You're good. Okay, good. So, no, I think that knowing Kristen and, and sitting here and watching, like, somebody that's, like, got to watch her dad be at the top of and the pinnacle of this sport for such a long time, it's hard for me to sit here and say that I'm, I'm super sad because the whole point of, like, I think, I think, like, celebrating the fruits of your labor in this life is being able to celebrate them. And I think that Saban's going to leave in a situation where – He's all the haze in the barn. He's done all these things. He's, he's left this place in a much, much, much better place than when he found it. And now he can see him enjoy the fruits of his labor and see his grandkids grow up and go sit on the lake and enjoy like little parts of life that he, that for the longest time, I mean, like they went on, him and Miss Terry went to Italy this year to go, to go on vacation. They've been putting that off for over a decade. And you still had people chirping about, oh, he's not even recruiting right now. It's like, good. Let him go enjoy his life. So I think I'm, I'm really happy that he kind of gets to go enjoy those things. And I'm really grateful that, that the time he spent at the top of the mountaintop was at Alabama. Um, and, you know, I, I don't think he owes anything else to this school or these fans or anything else. Uh, one thing I had to correct, the graphic we put up was Chris Lowe's tweet. Chris, Chris Lowe is an AP guy, right? Uh, uh, ESPN. Right. But is he? Yeah. So he's saying Saban has six. He says he won. Oh, he won six national titles at Alabama. Okay, that's right. Mm-hmm. I was confused because I kept seeing six national titles. I'm like, wait, what am, am I? Are they not claiming the one at LSU because it was BCS and not AP? Yeah, or, that. I that, mean, it's, that's y'all, a, y'all been claiming fake national titles at LSU forever. <laughs> that's the thing. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'll tell you where to stick it, USC fans. But um, <laughs> no, look, it, it was incredible. All right, look. Hang tight, Marler, because our buddy Luke Roberts is going to get in here. I want to do a roundtable because nobody knows Bama better than you guys. So real, cl- real quick, let me uh, jump through this real quick. I uh, want to let you guys know this episode. Uh, well, first, thank you guys for making us your first listen every day. More on the Nick Saban retirement here in just a sec. All right, first, I want to remind you guys, this episode presented to you by our friends over at the Game Time app. Look, you shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy uh, tickets to all your favorite sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. Killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your suite, uh, views from your seat, rather. I love it. I used it a couple weeks ago on an NFL game. Uh, I'll tell you right now, it's Texans Cardinals, and I got to see the view from my seat. I did the all-in prices. There were no hidden fees. I, I paid exactly what it told me it was going to pay. And again, as soon as I got to my seat, I was like, this is actually almost even better from what the view showed me on the app. Game time app, it is legit. Again, they are obsessed with finding you ways to help uh, to help you save money on tickets. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app today. Create an account. Use our code Locked On. That's going to get you 20 bucks off your first purchase. Uh, terms apply. Again, create an account. Redeem a code. Locked on, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Get $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest price guaranteed on the Game Time app. All right, we'll see if we can uh, dive back into this as we welcome in our buddy uh, Luke Robinson, who, who is the host of Locked on Bama. We also have our buddy Chris Marler here from the Saturday Football Uncensored podcast. And gentlemen, uh, welcome in. Thank you so much for uh, taking some time. And uh, Luke, uh, we talked to Marler already. Give me your first impressions when you hear the news today. Nick Saban is officially retiring. I got nothing but time now, Chris. Uh, I don't know what else I'm going to do with my life. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I'm going to tell you the truth. This uh, this is hitting me like a like a bag of oranges to the gut. Um, I don't know another way to put it. It's uh, I, I, this came out of left field. Um, I, I know some people that are tight with Nick Saban. They had no idea. Um, I it's um, I, I'm just taken aback. I 
maybe I don't use this term enough, but I'm crestfallen. That's a uh, that's a pretty strong word there for a guy that went to Alabama. Um, just kidding. Uh, God, I hope it is. I never heard it there. <laughs> I, I just I've heard other people say it, and I wanted a chance to use it in a sentence. Marler, it, it's it, I mean, it, it, let's just talk about timing real quick. Like, if he knew this was a possibility two weeks ago, I mean, we've gone through we've gone through hiring cycles, we've gone through coordinator cycles already. Like, you mentioned it earlier, but I think you got to be right. Bama's got to have some idea of what they're doing here, right? Like, I don't know if this. You think that some of the folks in the administration just found this out today? No, I, I think that they've got to have. They, I don't think Saban would have left without trying to put Bama at least in a, in a good place. Like I, I think, I think they definitely knew they had some idea that this was coming at some point. I like. I don't know who you go to. I mean, I, I think that you're crazy to think that they don't just throw a bag at Dan Lanning. You throw a bag at like any like. Listen, they can, the worst they can say is say no, right? Like I, I think that people didn't think they were going to get Nick Saban. So you go around and you throw you throw money at whoever you think is is the best option, and see where it goes. And I don't think it's a black eye if you if you don't. Yeah, I I really don't. I think you're kind of in a, in, a, in an odd scenario where this is going to be the next age of Alabama football. And you know, like I, I think that the like I said, the worst that they can say is no. Um, but you're right. I, I honestly thought the way this was going would have gone ideally for Alabama is Saban announces this to Greg Byrne and everyone and says, Hey, this is my last year. And you do a send off or whatever you want to do. However, like, I mean, as, as awful as that would have been from college game day and having to watch this storyline unfold every single week, I think that, that that in my mind would have made sense because then it's like, okay, now we can start the hiring process and vetting process of who we need to go get. Maybe maybe we're all wrong, and, and, and Greg Burns way ahead of, of, of all of us here. Maybe, as Luke said, you know, maybe he's not as crestfallen as, as Luke or I am right now, or all Bama fans are, hopefully. But at the same time, I think that, you know, I, I don't think that Saban would have put them in, in a bad situation. And so I think this might be all abrupt um, to all of us, but I don't feel like it's going to be abrupt to the administration. Chris, let me piggyback off that, um, that – you know, having now an hour to digest this, not well, by the way, I have not digested this well at all, uh, but having to, and, and I've talked to, you know, several friends, obviously, that some with connections, some not. And, and there is something that has jumped out to me. This is so abrupt that I wonder if there's not something else at play here, not Nick Saban with another job, but maybe, maybe there is some personal matter. We, we don't know. And frankly, it's probably none of our business, but I wonder if there is something else at, at play here, because in a way, this is very Nick Saban. Uh, my understanding is he went to the team meeting, basically said, I, I love the university of Alabama. I love all of you. I feel like I haven't done enough this particular year. And um, I want you guys to get the best. And maybe it's not me now, since I'm paraphrasing. But um, I feel like there's there's a Paul Harvey. There's more to the story here somewhere. Um, and I, I don't know what it is. I, I, it could be that he just wants to ride off in the sunset and enjoy his grandkids because he's got plenty of money and Mercedes dealerships and a beautiful house in Florida and all these other things. It, it, that certainly is plausible. But it also makes some sense um, if, if there is something else personally at play, maybe may – I hate to even I hate to even speculate because it's yeah. all a theory, but it makes sense if there is something maybe health wise with somebody out there. Yeah, it's it's not a crazy thing to 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 put out there because of the timing of everything, and you do think that you know 
Uh, I mean, we all thought he was going to come back for another year, but it, it does, like you said, it was very Saban. The guy is not as as big as he is, the, the most famous coach ever, the greatest coach ever. He's not a huge fanfare guy. So, you know, if there were any coach that would just walk off into the sunset on his own terms, it is Saban. He's not the type that would go, all right, guys, one more year. One yeah. more year. I want that. I want that. Remember when Derek Jeter and Big Poppy hung it up in every stadium Steve they went Jackson's to? Jackson's one I keep thinking of too. Yeah, they got they got the they got roses. Oh, we got you this, coach. And I mean, it would be like <laughs> gifts all year. Saban seems like the type of guy that would hate that. So it does seem like this is kind of on his terms. Again, even if it's nothing more serious than that. Yeah, um, he's not a a touchy feely type of guy. Right. I, I, I had the pleasure one time. And again, it wasn't because of anything I did. It was a friend of mine who um, is co- close with Saban and I, I got to go to lunch with him one time. And you hear these stories about how regimented he is and you don't know how regimented he is until you have lunch with him. You get salad at this particular time. And if you're not done with the salad, it doesn't matter because unbeknownst to you, you're done with the salad. Somebody is taking it away from you. And then you have your meal. Then you're done with the meal. Then you get whatever light dessert you have. And then he literally, and again, I was with a friend of his. He looked at us and said, I have to go now. Not, (laughs) I enjoyed your company. Thank you for coming. It was, you must leave my presence because I have things to do that do not involve you in the least. And, um, And, you know, frankly, I was down with it. I was like, Coach, honestly, I'm wondering why you took time out to be with me for five seconds. So, um, you know, it's he's just an unbelievable. There'll never be another one of him. People always say this is the new Saban. There will never, ever, ever be another Nick Saban. He is unique. He's one of a kind and he's the best that will ever do it. I'll tell a quick story real quick. And then, Marla, I want to get your, you know, you've had run-ins with him and that sort of thing so just kind of whatever you know memory you want to share of Saban but yeah uh this is 2003 2004 I think it was before they won the championship uh LSU would uh Nick Saban was at LSU Uh, I had a bunch of friends there I was getting ready to go to school there and LSU just started this thing called easy streets where they blocked off the interior of campus with uh like uh you know toll booths kind of and so you couldn't drive through camp but it was just it was about to get instituted it hadn't been instituted yet so up until this point you could still drive on campus and drop like i, I dropped my buddies off at class and you know whatever you do that kind of thing you drive and, and drop off well the football team was practicing that day and i remember you know we were we were young kids we were college kids and we were wild by the the town we're like oh my god uh, there's uh you know this player or that or that player there's chiron Carey, or there's you know whoever and um I just dropped my buddies off at class, and I was driving, and I was watching. There was the bus here, and the team was crossing the street over to Tiger Stadium to go practice. And I was like, oh, is that uh, you know whoever player? And, and all of a sudden, out of the peripheral of my eye, I could see a, some, a figure in front of my car. I slammed on my brakes at the last second. I was only going, you know, whatever, 15, 20 miles per hour. But I slammed on my brakes, and there was a hand on the hood of my car. And looking up, it was Nick Saban with the straw hat hand on the hood of my car, just giving me the death stare. Um, again, I don't think his life was really in danger, but I like to tell people I almost <laughs> ran over. You're lucky your car didn't get hurt. That's all I can tell <laughs> <Yeah>. you. <laughs> but, um, but that was just one of those like my memories that'll stick out. And then, oh, okay. lo and behold, the guy goes on to be the greatest coach of all time after let, that. Let me let me throw out one more Saban story. This is a good recruiting story. Uh, when he first got to Alabama and he was down in Mobile and he was recruiting, you know, at the time, especially then, Mobile was just incredibly fertile with all this talent. Nick Saban went to the house of this uh, very high, highly thought of player and 
the mother cooked, I think it was spaghetti and it was like the worst spaghetti in the history of mankind. It was like, uh, you know, just cardboard noodles with ketchup with some cut up onions and just, you know, as marinara, just awful. And Nick Saban went with an assistant and Saban said, would you, ma'am, I, I hate to ask you, but would you please give me another serving? This is the best pasta I've ever had in my life. And he scarfed down another plate. And the assistant's coming out and he's trying his best not to throw up in the bushes leaving. And he turns to Saban and said, how in the world did you choke down that God awful meal? He said, you don't want to know what I do for a five star. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Oh man. That's great. Marler, any, uh, any stories, run-ins with him or just things you've heard about him? You know, I think that, um, the stuff that I would be allowed to share because I don't know some of the other stuff behind, behind, with Chris and I don't, I'm not going to get into. He's, he's just like, it's so fun to be able to see some of the stuff behind the scenes of him, how much he loves like his family and how, like, like, cause all we ever see is this very, like you said, Luke, like it's very regimented, focused, diligent, and, and almost like militant um, stone faced person. I will say that it's been very, it's been, it's been really cool to see in this day and age of social media, watching people, call him Nick Satan, talk about how bad of a person he is and all these things because he beat their favorite team. Being able to see a little bit of a glimpse of the other side of, of who he really is has been really, really, um, really great for me. My favorite story, honestly, is not even from from Bama. I don't think the one that jumps out the top of the top of the head to me is is from LSU when they won the 2003 national championship. And the next morning, remember, he had that staff that was like Jimbo and Kirby and, and Will Muschamp and all that stuff. So they win the they win the national championship. You know, it's a night game. Obviously, it's a Monday night, um, end of the year. And uh, keep in mind, this is like in 2003, so the still early signing period is is the only signing. Or I'm sorry, the signing day is still in February, and that's it. And so they had this meeting the next morning after they win the national championship at 7 a.m. And they said they get in there, and everyone's still smiling, high five, and hitting each other in the back, and all that kind of stuff. And Saban closes the door comes in they all have this like recruiting manual in front of them who they need to be going after. And, and as soon as the door closed, he just absolutely lights Will Muschamp's ass up. And it's just like, we are so far behind on this kid. We are so far behind on this kid. Why have you not been recruiting? He's like, we just won a national championship like six hours ago. And he was like, it's no excuse. And he's just going off about this whole thing. And I think it kind of speaks to like, you know, some of those, some of those caricature moments that we kind of, we kind of joke around about that they were also very real at times. Well, I heard a similar story. It was, it was either the night of the championship or that next morning, but he called Matt Mock into the office and said, Matt, I got to know right now, are you coming back next year? Matt, <laughs> Coach, we just won the national championship. Like, right. What are you talking? I, he was already turning the page and it's just crazy well, because it's like, take a minute to enjoy it, dude. The, the only other one I can remember is that 2009 one when they won it out in Pasadena against Texas. I remember hearing a story that was like friends and family are up there in his hotel suite after the game. And, and, and they're like, everyone's, I mean, this is, this is the culminating moment of like, you got Bama back to glory. You beat Texas in the Rose bowl. You know, you had to be that Tebow team, the, the game before that. And this, that team was, you know, they, they skated around some, some dangerous moments there throughout the season, they finally win the national championship. And this is like, this is the one that, you know, it took forever. Like it felt like for, for Bama to get back. And I remember sitting there, somebody telling me that they were sitting there in his room and everyone's sitting around and everyone's drinking. He's not drinking and everyone's sitting there and, and he's just sitting out like his, like his shoulder up against like the windowsill, just looking out into the, like out to the whatever. Someone's like, Nick, are you going to come over and are you all right, man? Like what's going on? You just like ponder about the game. He goes, I just hope they're all out there making the good, the right decisions. I just hope everyone, because we still got a big thing next year. And it was just, it was already on to 
whatever the next step was. And and one more thing uh, that popped into my head, you know, probably the the greatest compliment you can pay Nick Saban, and and really the reason he's the greatest ever. I, I was thinking you were talking about that Tebow team beating the Tebow yeah. team, but when you Nick Saban is probably as much defined and and remembered for some of the incredible losses he had. Yeah. As much as anything, that losing to Tebow in 08, uh, losing to Clemson for their first national championship in God knows how long, losing to Georgia for their first national championship in God knows how long, the kick six, six the comeback. Yeah. You know, these are all historic moments. Tennessee win in 2022. These are all incredible. The game of the century in uh, 2011. These are all games that were unbelievable. And, and I can name every single loss and probably the <laughs> score since Saban's been at Alabama. And that how many coaches can you do that for? And really, most coaches are defined by, you remember he had that one great win? You remember Gene Chizik, he won the national championship? But really, you, Gene Chizik's had a lot more bad times than he had good. He just had one good time. But Saban's good times were so numerous that it's hard to even – uh, vet them. It's hard to even, you know, uh, cut them down to size. Right. Uh, his losses, you can pick out and talk about freely. Well, Luke, and they, not only the losses you can talk about like that, but those are cornerstone moments in the history of those programs that they will exactly. run for, for the rest of our life. That's one of the things that I think has always been frustrating as a Bama fan is you sit there and you watch those Auburn games, right? And you watch CBS before the Auburn game, and it's like kick six, cam back, bow over the top it's it felt like for a very long time that it was like man all of these moments that they have are the ones that like are our lowest and i think that that's like the stuff tennessee last year lsu i heard about all offseason with, with you know storming the field like bama has i've never seen bama storm the field my entire life been watching it for for 34 years and and i don't know if i ever will so it, it, i think it's it's crazy too to think about too it, that it's those teams or those those losses were just like I mean, build the statue, hang the banner. Those were the biggest moments in those programs' history. Hold it right. It's incredible. Hold it right there, guys, because when we come back, uh, we're gonna have a moment of truth. I want to get who's the name, who's the next guy, who, who if if uh, Greg Byrne called each of you tonight and said, "Who are we hiring? Who would you who would you pick?" We'll get to that here in just a second, right here on Locked On SEC. But first, I want to remind you guys, this episode presented to you by our friends over at FanDuel. Look, all the NFL playoff action has happened this weekend. The regular season is wrapped up, and there is no better time to get in on the action with FanDuel. They are America's number one sports book right now. New customers get $150 uh, in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Again, that's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. App is super easy to use. They got live same-game parlays. You can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub. Uh, find bets in the new Explore tab. Tons of stuff and action up there. They got all the playoff games happening this weekend. They got some early, you know, college futures bets. If you want to start making some bets on some SEC teams to win the championship next year, you can do that as well over there, FanDuel. Go to their website. It's FanDuel.com slash locked on. You got to use that slash locked on. That's going to get you the special offer we told you about. Uh, make your first bet a layup. Uh, and then once you get signed up, download the app and you can log in and get all good to go on the FanDuel app. Super easy to use. They are FanDuel. They're the official partner of the NFL. All right, we continue on on our special here as uh, we discuss the uh, the big news of the day as uh, 
is this how we have it? I don't know what's happening with our layout here on the video version, but the big news of the day as uh, Nick Saban has officially uh, is officially retiring. And uh, just to kind of give you a recap, because this is all breaking kind of as we're doing it, Chris Lowe tweets out, Nick Saban is retiring, sources told ESPN. Saban just informed his team that he is retiring. One of the greatest runs in college football is over. Nick Saban informed his team today that he is retiring. So the team knows. Um, you guys put any stock in? I mean, like we had Kevin Steele announced he's retiring a couple days ago. I didn't think that was the biggest deal. But then we see Jason McClellan goes pro. We see Roydell Williams hits a transfer portal. I don't know. It just kind of – there were all these things happening. Do you think any of those any of those people knew about this a couple days ago? I, I don't. Um, yeah. I really don't. Um, I, I, again, th- th- this would have been too hard to keep – under wraps. Um, right. I, I like this view better, by the way, Chris. You can't, <laughs> can't, see, can't see my tears as well. Um, but yeah, I I don't think anybody had an inkling. Now, did Greg Byrne have an inkling? My, my guess is yes, because again, Nick Saban's not going to leave the program in a mess or in a lurch. He's going to uh, try to help out the best he can. And um, that's why I think some of this may have come up suddenly enough where maybe only he and Greg Byrne knew about it. Um, Potentially. Now, maybe Jimmy Sexton knew about it because, you know, you got to start making some phone calls. But, um, yeah, I, I, I don't think anybody else knew about this. I mean, Jason McClellan going pro. I mean, that's not crazy at all to think. Right. I mean, Alabama's got some other running backs. He's you want to go pro while you still have a lot of tread on the tires. Uh, Roy Dell Williams not coming back uh, is not crazy. Maybe he wants to go somewhere and try to um, uh, be the, the old, you know, the, the number one guy, which I think he can do somewhere else, but Alabama's got a lot of dudes uh, coming up behind him and they signed two new dudes. Um, so I, I don't think any, any of those players knew anything though. Yeah. And look, Jam Miller, I mean, it, it, Justice Haynes, they're, they're going to be fine. Alabama's never wanted for a running back. I was just, I was just saying all the things that have happened in coming days. Did anybody maybe know? Probably not. Um, all right, Marler, let's go to you. Who Greg Byrne called you, calls you tonight, says Marler, who are we hiring? Who's the next head coach at Alabama? I mean, so I, I will give you – I mean, you – it's Dan Lanning is is where the, the, the list starts for me. Um, if you're – you're talking about a, a guy that knows how to do it, a guy that's on staff, a guy that has, you know, on, on his and Kirby's coaching tree, he's young enough to understand what, what it takes to win. He's, he's good enough, to, I think, to understand what it takes to win at this level. Um that's where the list would start with me. I think Caleb DeBoer is is another one uh, that I think if we get on, he's one at every level. Um, you know, I, but at the same time, I I, I could I could sit there and throw out a bazillion names. I'll tell you the two I want to see least, or the one I want to see least. If you bring Dabo Swinney into this building, it'll be very difficult for me as an Alabama fan, a lifelong Alabama fan. And I'm not saying anything about him being a bad coach or not being as good as Saban or anything like that. He's beaten Saban on, on a big stage. But I tell you what, if I have to go from Nick Saban yelling "make his ass quit" to a room full of five stars going to "God dang man, come on now" and dropping heck bombs and stuff like that, I'm going to be in dire straits. <laughs> Luke, who's your guy? First of all, I think Chris is spot on talking about Dabo. Hey, long time ago, many moons ago, when Dabo was out of coaching, I actually played on a basketball team with him in a league here in Birmingham. Nicest dude mm-hmm. on the planet. And there was one time I did want him to be the successor because at this was maybe a decade ago because I was thinking the only thing you can do after Nick Saban is hire the antithesis of Nick Saban. Right. That's what I thought. But since then, now Debo is he's not really getting in the transfer portal mode. He doesn't seem to really dig this NIL stuff. It's a new world, baby. You got to adapt. 
And um, I, I don't think, and Debo seems like a Clemson lifer now and more power to him. I'm happy yeah. for him. He's a guy that grew up sleeping in his car at one time. So I'm happy for him, but I'm with also Chris on Dan Lanning. I would love Dan Lanning young um, has, has been in some big moments, has won some big recruiting battles, uh, has worked at Georgia. So he knows what it's like to be in the SEC. And that, how about that for a rivalry all of a sudden? Yeah. Alabama and Georgia again, kicking back up. I mean, it's a rivalry anyway, but now they'll play each other more. Um, so I, Dan Lanning for me, I mean, obviously I think maybe you make a call to Steve Sarkeesian and before everybody says, well, why would he leave Texas for Alabama? I don't know. It depends on how much money Alabama would offer. Same the worst thing. they can say is no. Yeah. I mean, the same reason that Texas called Nick Saban. The, because what you do is you say, hey, will you come here? Oh, you won't? No problem. Talk to you later. And then yeah. you go get the next best guy. So I, I think Alabama is going to have a lot of choices again. Whoever comes in is going to be following in a gigantic shadow, but they're not coming in with like, oh, God, please lead us out of the wilderness. No, you hear the keys to several Nick Saban Mercedes. Right. All we need you to not do is run them off the cliff. Can you do that? And I'll tell you what, I'll just throw this out here real quick. Dan Lanning, like, just from the, like, I, this is the most ignorant thing I'll say probably <laughs> since you've known me, okay? But Dan Lanning being experienced with it, just with the same offense that you want to run with, with Jalen Milrow, there's something else. There's yet another reason why to bring him in here. I Just go get Dan Lanning. Throw, I don't care how much money you have to throw at him. I'm sure Bama can afford it and they can find the money. you got to throw a bag at him and, 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 that, that's my answer. This was pointed out to me, and it's very astute. Everybody goes, but Dan Lanning's got a $20 million buyout. Yeah. So Auburn just paid Brian Harson 15 to go away. Yeah. It's a bargain at $20 million. Money's not real. After AM sports. AM paying Jimbo $77 million to go away. That's there's no no I don't ever want to hear yeah. anything about a buyout ever again. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah, buyouts are, I mean it's monopoly money. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just throw it out there because obviously his name always comes up, but he did just sign extension. He's got it and he's killing the transfer portal. Lane Kiffin, anything, any possibility there? I think you have to be very wary with Lane Kiffin in terms of pursuing him. Cause I think it's, it's the obvious choice. I think he would be a choice. I don't think he is your top choice, but I think he would be a choice. Um, I think you have to be very careful with him because he's in a, he's in a power position right now at, at Ole Miss and knowing Lane Kiffin, I don't think, I think he has enough respect for Nick Saban to not embarrass the University of Alabama. I don't think he has enough respect for the University of Alabama to not embarrass the University of Alabama. And if you go to him with an offer and he comes back and says, no, I'm good, the first thing he's going to do is go to go to social media and blast this out there that he chose Ole Miss over Alabama. So you have to be very careful and tread lightly when you go up to like With a screenshot of it. <laughs> right, exactly. The, the offer and yeah. say, hey, Greg Bird, how about right in your face, baby? Right, you know, that's what he right. Did. Yeah. Yeah. I, and again, I, I like, by the way, I like Lane Kiffin in mm -hmm. college football. I just not sure I want him co coaching my college yeah. football team. At the same time, he did just win 10 games and then 11 games at Ole Miss. And the only two games he lost were to Batman and Georgia. That, that means something. Just, just a couple quick hitters I'll throw out there and we'll close it on the coaching talk. Um, Kirby, do you call Kirby? <laughs> yeah. I do. <laughs> like, again, the worst they can say is no, and, right. and, and I, I fully, I don't expect him to ever say yes. But I tell you what, and, and Georgia fans will, will laugh when they hear he's never going to leave Georgia, Athens. Maybe he won't. Maybe he won't. But I guarantee you, when you talk about generational type of wealth, and you throw that man twenty, the last thing you could like, there's no reason for you not to say, 
We'll pay you twenty million a year. You're getting paid ten right now. We'll pay you twenty million a year. Why? Why would you not? <laughs> Guys, Tom Brady left uh, the Patriots. Right. right. Bo Nix left Auburn. Bo yeah. Nix. <laughs> he, he he grew up. He was born in Jordan Hare Stadium, like literally right. in the stadium, and he left to go ironically play for Dan Lanning. So yeah. my, my point is, it's now it's all money. We're all available. All of us. Yeah. What, one more here, and, and then I want to let y'all hear uh, Eli Drinkwitz, who we, we just we just talked to a few minutes ago. Um, do you have a – give me your favorite Bama or, or just your favorite Saban win, period. I'll leave – I'll put it at that because uh, – You go first. Look. I need a second on this well, one. Well, I'll, I'll just say real quick, I'm, I went to LSU, so obviously him winning – January fourth, two thousand four, whatever, bringing LSU their first championship in fifty years, he will always be beloved by that. Now, him going to Alabama, it sucked because everybody in Louisiana loved him, and he was beloved there. Yeah. And he's still beloved there. I mean, people still will always worship him for what he did. It sucked having to root against him, and he literally was in your way of having success for the last almost twenty years. But what he did, winning that title at, at LSU. Us being students, we never thought that was ever going to be possible. We yeah. thought, hey, win an SEC title. That's awesome. Like, you know, we never thought greatness could be had at LSU. And then look what happened. Les Miles wins a title. losing there. seasons in 11 years before he got there. Yeah, look what happens. Les Miles wins a title. Wins a title. Um, you know, Ed Ogeron wins a title. We'll see what Brian Kelly does. But that that program is where they are because of what Nick yep. Saban did. So, again, in my mind, that's the, the best win. But um, I'm sure you guys have your own. The 09 SEC title game was one of my favorites. A friend of mine, we happened to be in a skybox for that game. And a, and after the game, a friend of mine yelled out, where's your God now, Tebow? And that still <laughs> – I still remember that pretty well. Uh, but And I'll tell you that the, obviously the second and 26 is yeah. – I, mean, I had grabbed my coat and my wife. I was like, we're going to beat this crowd out of here because we're losing. There's no chance. I mean, it was just, the sack was so bad. And then the bad omen of them making the field goal after the sack. But then the second and 26 was one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen in my life. The 2015 Clemson game, you have a kickoff return for a touchdown by yeah. Kenyon Drake, who had broken his leg, you know, earlier. And his redemption. You had Derrick Henry won the Heisman. He was incredible in that game. Wasn't even the star of the game. You had the onside kick I talked about. You had all these wonderful moments. I got to say, and this is recency bias, and I hate to give uh, credit to our arch rival. I loved fourth and 31 as much. Rip their hearts out, Luke. I'm telling you, fourth and 31 will always be special to me because that is the kind of thing they do to us there. And we did it to them. And it was uh, it was kind of beautiful. There's a ton that you could say. Um, I'm going to. Georgia fans are going to hate me for this, but I don't care. There's a reason behind it. But September 27th, 2008, blackout game in Athens. And I remember sitting there the day before that game. I was, it was in Athens, Georgia. And, I'm, and, and you know, they came into the season ranked number one. Bama's going into the start of their, their run with Saban. But I remember I was talking on the phone with my dad the night before. If you believe it or not, Cordy, I was talking to my dad before this game. And I remember sitting there talking to him, and I said, I just have a feeling tomorrow's the day this whole thing turns. This whole corner turns because – I know damn well, as, as great of a coach as Mark Richt is, that on Sunday morning he was in church. And on Sunday morning, Nick Saban was preparing for this game. And I just had a feeling that this, this, the entire existence of these two programs, the way they were built foundationally, was totally different. And Bama went out there and was up 31 nothing, I think, at the half. And a young, young, very drunk Chris Marler was 
22 years old, sitting there on the gate screaming at Justin Woodall, finish, finish, as loud as I possibly could. I, that was – because for me, it wasn't just beating Georgia who when I grew up in that state. It's the fact that that felt like that was really the start of the whole thing when they turned they turned a corner and, never, and really never looked back. Well, one thing I'll add is the, the 09 title was fun – from a standpoint of it was the it was it was the verification of SEC dominance because you just right. had LSU won whatever 03 then you had Florida win you know theirs LSU won in the middle right it was Florida mm-hmm. 06 and 08 LSU in 07 Bama wins in 09 and we're going holy crap this and then Auburn not too long after that but but then it turned into just Bama dominance, and we were all fed right. up with it. The rest of the SEC is like, go to hell, Alabama. But, like, right. the 9 one was the one that was like, this is fun. Everybody's taking a turn. Everybody's getting a title. And it, and it just it really started to resonate, that SEC dominance that that became, you know, what we knew to, to know it the last handful of years. And then Michigan had to end it all the other night for us. So, uh oh. <laughs> It sucks. Uh, real Thank quick, you. before I let you guys go, and I appreciate you guys uh, hanging out here, I want to let you hear. This is an SEC, a Locked On SEC exclusive. So I'm here in Houston. I literally just came from the Bear Bryant Awards where we had um, our Houston radio station. We had Eli Drinkwitz on. I caught up with Eli. We'll hear from that later in the week. That's irrelevant now. But Eli Drinkwitz was sitting down with our Houston radio station as um, – as the news broke, and they had they told Eli, so I want to let you guys hear this. This is pretty cool. Eli Drinkwitz finding out in real time that Nick Saban is retiring. Here was uh, Eli Drinkwitz. Okay, so we should probably yeah, just say this to you, you right think now. When you when you read that, and I'll read it for our listeners, guys. It just Nick says, Saban is retiring. Sources tell ESPN. Are you floored? Wow, he just sat back in his chair. Yeah. Um, I'm stunned. We just had an SEC Zoom call today at 10 o'clock, and he was on the, the, the call and was as adamant as ever about the future of college football. So, poker face. That, that, that is shocking. That is shocking. That is shocking. What's, so, the, what's the first word that comes to mind <laughs> when you think of Nick Saban? I guess is the best obvious question. Greatest college football coach of all time. Um yeah, greatest college football coach of all time, um, a guy that understood uh, organization and development, a, a coach who um, did it the right way. Um, yeah, a lot, there's not enough positive words to say about Coach Saban. Um, wow. Th- this I'm going to have a diet I coke. just wanted to, to tell everybody, this is radio, so it's kind of hard to explain this. But, you know, we're video coming later. Yeah, no, for sure. We're talking to Eli Drinkwitz and you were as free flowing as it gets. And the minute you read that tweet, you you really are at a loss for words. It's actually incredible to see this. Yeah. And I'm going to. All right. Y'all want to hear it? (laughs) We're ruining the best thing in college football. We're ruining a great game. It's the culture. It's the the culture of the United States of America. The college football is embedded in our culture, and we're going to continue to drive great coaches out of it unless we get our act together and get some sort of plan that's sustainable. You're the okay. second coach to sit here Th- and say that. This is a great game, and we're not complaining. We're, coaches are not complaining. I promise you, I love what I do. Okay, we're just saying right now the business model is not as good as it needs to be, and it got it has to be improved. And we've got to find somebody. Who can who will listen to us and say, "Okay, we hear you, and we'll put it together." Again, the game's never been 
the product on the field's never been better, okay? But, man, when the best coach of all time says he's hanging up his whistle, oof, we all got to listen. And maybe he can shoot. Maybe this is all by design. Maybe he's going to be announced as a commissioner. Your first choice is, uh, is, is now available. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure in retirement, Miss Terry's thinking I'm not letting him go back to work, okay? <laughs> I can't help but believe. Again, you see news like this, you want to get confirmation. Uh, I can't acknowledge and confirm uh, – Coach Drinkwitz's phone was vibrating as that conversation was happening. So I have to imagine that was the, the comments that uh, maybe got a text message or a little notification that this is news that might interest you, which I, obviously we were able to deliver. Uh, he's obviously been to, uh, here in town for this event before, and we've had a chance to catch up with him. Uh, everybody, I think, has a pretty good sense of what he means to the game. Honestly, I do think coaches like yourself, you mentioned Lane Kiffin, the competitive nature of Matching wits with him, matching talent with him is something that clearly the coaches in that conference and any other coaches in a bowl game or a non-conference game, Sark this year, they get. But you guys get it nearly every year. That is, that's part of the challenge and fun of, of the game. Yeah, I, I think the, the thing that makes the SEC so unique is that the coaching and the players week in and week out are unlike anything you've ever seen. You know, even when you're playing a team, you know, we played a team this year that was – was five and six and considered to be having a down year in the frontline players that they have and the coaches that they have i mean it is a a tremendous challenge i mean they had us down uh with with a fourth and 17 to win the game so i mean they were uh incredibly talented um and they had elite players and they have elite coaches and you win that game and you take a deep breath and you wake up Sunday morning and you got to go face another one, you know. And so I think that's what makes our league so difficult and so unique. And you add two blue bloods like uh, Texas and Oklahoma and it just creates even more of a weird dynamic. So we'll leave it there. That was, again, Eli Drinkwitz on with uh, my radio station in Houston and, and live reaction there. Um, it is kind of funny he brought it up, though, guys. Like in this standstill of the of where we are in college football with – you know, no leadership from the NCAA. Like, could we get Nick Saban into a leadership role of uh, running things in, in college football? It's not the craziest idea, but I, I do like what I, Eli can said. Can you imagine this. how bad Georgia fans would respond to that in, <laughs> in Auburn? Like, the moment that guy tried to do anything remotely close to being perceived as, as biased, they'd be like, here we go again. SEC offices. Listen, I, I would give anything for Greg Sankey to put him just with a fake office in Birmingham and pretend like he's running anything. Put him in charge of SEC officiating as a joke and just see what happens from, from rival fans moving forward. God, please. That would be <laughs> awesome. I, by the way, Ryan Williams did just decommit from Alabama too. Um, but I know. <laughs> Chris, let me tell you, I've seen Ryan Williams several times. He's awesome. I, look, I think whoever the new coach is will have a chance to get him back in the fold. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, if he were to go to Auburn, that would be an incredible haul they have yeah. for wide receivers. Or if he were to go to Texas, I mean, you know, now Alabama's got to play him. But I love Ryan Williams. I want Ryan Williams in this class desperately. At the same time, I think the most important thing to do is get this coaching hire right. Yeah, yeah. Least, least of our concerns right now. Marlon Humphrey uh, tweeted out, I would have been in that portal so fast after I heard Saban retiring. So. Thanks, Marlon. That's yeah. super helpful, hey, dude. Marlon. <laughs> Bruh. <laughs> All right, I got to run because I got to yeah. report something else, Gordy. All right, thank you guys. Appreciate it. Thank you guys for jumping on. Appreciate you. That's Chris, See you guys. That's Chris Marler from uh, Saturday Football Uncensored. That's Luke Robinson from Locked On Bama. Appreciate those guys for jumping in with us. Um, and, uh, again, the breaking news today, Nick Saban has retired. And, uh, man, the SEC is going to react. You know, we're, we're, we're left reacting to uh, where we go from here. And 
you know, the interesting part was listening to Eli Drinkwitz there. I, w- I always tell people this, hosts and locked on SEC, we, you know, we, we represent the SEC. We, we try to cover as many teams as we can. And I always said, the day Nick Saban retires, there will be 13 other schools, now 15 other schools, that will throw a celebration, that will throw a party and, and pop bottles on champagne. And so today is that day. Uh, maybe not so much Texas and Oklahoma, but I think Sark and Venables are probably breathing a sigh of relief coming in. Um, but the rest of the SEC, man, the 13 other school schools, again, you heard the reaction from Eli Drinkwitz. He, I mean, he he won't tell you straight up, but Eli Drinkwitz is happy. Kirby Smart is happy. The rest of the SEC, every SEC fan base today, you have a chance now. Goliath is not in your way anymore. Granted, Georgia still looks to be a pretty good power, and I'm sure, look, whoever takes over Alabama is going to do a good job, I'm sure. But whoever it is, they're not Nick Saban. And that guy was all, you know, he he haunted you in your nightmares, um, you know, as an SEC fan. I, I talk about this all the time. I, th- I think LSU in 2012 under Les Miles would have had at least a second national championship, right? They they beat them in the game of the century. They had to play them again. They lose down New Orleans in that one. If they play anyone else, I think Les Miles and that Honey Badger-led team win a championship. I think Auburn, you know, a couple of those teams where Bama got them at the end of the season. We could be talking about it, Auburn having another championship in the in the trophy case. Um, you know, other teams. Obviously, Georgia, Bama got back in the way of Georgia a couple of years ago. I mean, there's just been so many um, – there's been so many, uh, I guess, just direct result teams not being able to have the biggest great success because Nick Saban was standing in their way, and Alabama was that team. One more before we uh, wrap things up here. Pete Thamel uh, tweeting out, with uh, no likely internal replacements at Alabama, here's a quick projected target list. So Dan Lanning is is the name up there that we've heard from a lot of people. Kalen DeBoer from Washington. Had a fantastic year and has done an incredible job there. Dabo Sweeney is on this list that Pete Thamel has put out there. James Franklin at Penn State. Look, James Franklin's been a tremendous coach, but he hasn't gotten over that hump at Penn State. Uh, Mike Norvell at Florida State. Mike Norvell's probably like, I just went 13-0 and I couldn't get in the playoff. I know if I go 13-0 at Bama, I'm getting in. Uh, and then Marcus Freeman at Notre Dame. That's an interesting one because I just I still want to see you know limited sample size for Marcus Freeman. I don't want to... I don't think he's ready. I don't think he was ready for Notre Dame. I definitely don't think he's ready for Bama yet, but who knows? If you give him all the money and the resources and recruiting, he could uh, get it done. All right. Um, Again, thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for making us your first listen every day. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow with more reaction to everything happening around the SEC, including the breaking news retirement of Nick Saban hanging it up. What a day. Didn't think we'd be seeing this day anytime soon here in the SEC. Again, uh, thank you guys for listening. You can go make your second listen. Check out Locked On Sports today, uh, 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube, reacting to the biggest breaking news uh, all over the world of sports. I'm Chris Gordy. This has been Locked On SEC. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow.